You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, March 19th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangreenNation.com. And we begin today's show with a special shout out to subscribers to this podcast. If you would like to join that group, go to your favorite podcast source and hit the subscribe button and we will deliver new episodes to your device each morning as they are posted. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes Monday through Friday each day for most of the year. And if you are new to our podcast, welcome. I hope we put on a show that you enjoy. Guess what? We've got some stuff to talk about today because the Jets were active in free agency on Thursday after a quiet couple of days. Now, of course, on Monday, the Jets made a few moves. They agreed to terms with a few players, linebacker Jared Davis of the Lions, wide receiver Corey Davis of the Titans, and edge rusher Carl Lawson of the Bengals. And then there was a lot of nothing. They did agree to terms with a special teamer from the Saints, Justin Hardy, But not much was happening, and I have to admit to you, there was a point on Thursday where I was getting a little anxious. I was wondering, what are the Jets doing? When's the next move going to come? Because Jets had the most cap space in the NFL at that point. And as much as I have preached patience, you you started to see some of the, the deals were happening. Thursday afternoon, there was a report that the Jets were interested in Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, and I got kind of excited by that report. And I have to be honest with you, at the beginning of free agency, Juju Smith-Schuster was not really a guy who I wanted because there was talk that he may come with a very high price tag, a price tag maybe around, oh, $17 million or so, and we were talking in the lead up to free agency about the Jets signing a wide receiver. And in the context we were talking about Juju Smith Schuster, it seemed like he would be signed to be the go to guy on offense. And that's not really a role he has performed all that well in with the Steelers, although they've had some offensive issues that really don't deal with him. However, there were reports that the market was not what he was hoping for. And of course, the Jets signed Corey Davis. And Earlier in his career, Juju Smith-Schuster was an excellent supporting player, and with the Jets' offense now having Corey Davis and Denzel Mims coming for year two, we'd be talking about a player who's part of an ensemble and probably not as big of a contract as we were expecting at the start of free agency. So I was really excited about that. Then the news broke that the Jets signed a wide receiver, and it was not Juju Smith-Schuster. Instead, it's Keelan Cole, who spent his career to this point with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jets got him on a one-year deal worth around $5.5 million, and it's an interesting move from the standpoint that we don't really know what this means yet. Now, Cole is decent receiver he's nothing special he's you know he's adequate as a supporting guy 
55 catches, 642 yards, five touchdowns for the Jaguars in 2020. In 2020, he spent most of his time playing the slot position. But he has experience outside. He's known as a pretty good route runner, somebody who's solid in contested catch situations. So you kind of have to wonder what the scenario is here for the Jets. Where does Cole fit in? There's a question, you know, is he perhaps the number four receiver? Is he a depth guy where he's maybe not a starter? And that's possible. Five and a half million is relatively pricey for a number four receiver, but it's not unheard of to pay a number four receiver that kind of money. And this is a position where the Jets could use some quality depth. Certainly, no matter who the quarterback is, you want to make sure that they have the right pieces surrounding them. So if he's the number four receiver, that leads that would lead to the question of whether the Jets may still be in the market for another wide receiver through the draft or in free agency still, or whether they'll stick with what they have, Davis and Mims and Jamison Crowder, and then maybe Cole as the number four receiver. There also is the question, could Cole be a replacement for Jamison Crowder? Because again, he did play the slot a lot last season. Maybe he fits what Mike LaFleur wants to wants to do on offense a little bit better. You know, I think there are some questions about whether Jamison Crowder fits the offense for the Jets. In some ways he does, in some ways he doesn't. You know, maybe the Jets want somebody who's a little bit bigger in that slot role. Maybe the Jets want somebody who's a little bit more versatile so they can use the slot as a matchup position. These are open questions, and there's also just that Cole will cost about half as much as Crowder will. And while Crowder, I think, has been more consistent from year to year, there is a chance that Cole could give you something replicating what Crowder did, although it's not a guarantee. And listen, this Jets fan base has become very attached to Jemison Crowder, and I don't, I don't think letting Crowder go would be a very popular move. And in a world where, where Cole did not leave, lead up, uh, live up to expectations, if Crowder went somewhere else, I think this would be something that would upset the Jets fan base quite a bit. But it is worth noting that Cole is probably going to make around half of what Crowder's making. Could save yourself you know, around $10 million in cap space by letting Crowder go. So that's a possibility. You know, I might equate it a little bit to when the Jets signed Greg Van Roten a year ago. And you knew that his quality of play was you know, roughly the same of what Bri- as what Brian Winters gives you, but costs half as much money. Or Jets could keep Crowder and go with a four-receiver four receiver look that has Davis and Mims and Crowder, or perhaps as a question, could they look to sign somebody else? Could they look to draft somebody? There are lots of questions about the, this signing, but they did get a pretty solid wide receiver on a cheap deal. I mean, I don't want to overstate how significant of a signing this was because it's not real. It's a depth move. It's a move to give yourself a good supporting player. It's not It's not going to have the impact of a Corey Davis. I'm not as excited about this move as I was a couple days ago when the Jets got Corey Davis from the Titans. But, you know, Cole's a solid player. I think that this is a reasonable contract, and he should help this team out, not as maybe a main target on the offense, but as somebody who can help keep the defenses honest and you may find his role within this new offensive system. We have a big day of March Madness ahead of us today, and the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday, talking about Thursday in free agency. The Jets lost a couple players on Thursday. One is Terrell Basham, who goes to the Dallas Cowboys on a two-year deal worth around $6.5 million. Another is Brashad Perryman, who goes to Detroit on a one-year deal worth around $3 million. And Perryman's Perryman's father was actually a really good receiver for the Lions, uh, back during the 1990s, so a bit of a homecoming for him. You know, not huge losses for the Jets in either case. Basham, I would have been okay bringing back as a depth guy, but I would not have paid him much more than the league minimum. And Perryman was obviously a disappointment last year for the Jets. He he did not bring what they were expecting. I think I would not have hated bringing him back as a backup on the contract Detroit gave him, but I think the deal that they struck with Keelan Cole pretty much eliminated any need for Perryman to return. There had been some rumors earlier in the week that the Jets were working on a deal to bring Perryman back, but ultimately he goes to Detroit and his one-year tenure with the New York Jets ends. The second deal that was reported that the Jets struck yesterday was for an offensive lineman from the Chargers, Dan Feeney. It's a one-year deal worth around $3.5 million, and of the moves the Jets have made this offseason, this one is the one I like the least. Uh, Feeney has not been a very successful player for the Chargers. He's got starting experience, and he's got experience at a couple positions. He's played guard. He's played center. I just don't like giving him this kind of money. He's not been a particularly effective blocker, especially in pass protection. Really, the only thing I can say for this is he'll probably be marginally better than Josh Andrews, who played a primary role as a backup on the interior offensive line last year. But that's not really saying anything about Feeney, that he'll be a little bit better than Josh Andrews. Josh Andrews was a guy who barely had seen the field in the NFL. He was in his late 20s, and he barely played in the league. And I I really did not understand why the Jets gave him such a primary backup role last year. And like I said, any praise for Feeney is kind of small. It's really just more a commentary on how bad the depth on the offensive line was that he could be viewed as any sort of an upgrade. And some reporters have looked into this because Feeney does have starting experience, but it seems like he was signed to be a backup. So even though the Jets have issues on their interior offensive line and he has played in the past, he's going to be a backup. You know, I think there's a tendency sometimes to just look at games started and if somebody's been a past st- starter, there's a tendency to view them as a quality backup. It's not always the case, though. What I want is ex- from experience is experience playing effectively. You know, you don't necessarily need to be a starting level player to be an effective backup, but 
I just don't know that there's much to suggest that Feeney's going to be a good backup for the Jets. Now, you could make the argument, and this is an argument that's made frequently about free agents, that you know maybe the coaches see something in him that the coaches in his previous team did not. Maybe they think they, he has tools that can be developed. Maybe they think he's a better fit in the new offensive system than he was for the Chargers. Those are arguments that could be made. And look, the quality teams in the NFL are able to find guys like that, guys who don't fit in one spot but are capable of emerging in a different circumstance, a different system with a different team, different coaching. You know, maybe they can find something in him, but I just don't see it. Uh, You know, when free agency is over, I'm going to take a look at what positions the Jets have effectively addressed needs at. And I may have criticism for the Jets for not addressing certain positions. Offensive line is tough for me, especially the interior offensive line, because if you're just talking about guard, Joe Tooney was really, really the top option by far. And they really never had a shot to get him because a Super Bowl team, the Kansas City Chiefs, offered him $16 million a year. When the Chiefs are offering that kind of money, a team like the Jets doesn't have much of a chance. Now, you could make an argument that the Jets should have been more aggressive on the center market and been willing to move Connor McGovern to guard. You know, you could, I I understand that argument. So maybe maybe you could criticize them that way. It just was not a great market if you needed an interior offensive lineman. And the best guy, the guy who was would have been the best fit for the Jets, ended up not really being a viable option for them. But this is not how you address it. You know, you, you don't go trying to reach for somebody like a uh, Dan Feeney. I just don't like this move. I mean, like I said, of the moves the Jets have made this offseason... I haven't loved everything they did. I'm skeptical of the Jared Davis contract, but I at least saw the logic for that. This is one where, I mean, I'd be very surprised if this guy was any sort of a productive player for this team going forward. For a while now, we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is best. It's Built Bar Madness. You may be watching March Madness on TV, the college basketball tournament. Well, Built Bar has set up its own tournament between all of its flavors, and you get to choose which one's best. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Twitter, at Bar underscore Built. And remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday, recapping what happened Thursday in free agency for the New York Jets. And I've kind of been giving you the chronological order of what happened through the day. We talked about some of the rumors in the early afternoon, some of the signings that broke during the afternoon. And then as evening came, news broke that the Jets had made an addition to their secondary. It is LaMarcus Joyner who spent the last couple seasons with the Raiders. He was originally a draft pick of the Rams. Now, what's interesting about this is Joyner, for most of his career, has been a slot corner. And he most recently with the Raiders was a slot corner. 
However, it doesn't sound like that's what the Jets signed him for. Ian Rappaport broke the story. It's a one-year contract, $4.5 million. But Rappaport tweeted out that he'll have the opportunity to play safety, what he wanted, rather than nickel like he did last year with Las Vegas. And a bit of a surprise because the Jets have Ashton Davis entering year two. And, of course, they have put the franchise tag on Marcus May. What they don't have is a slot corner right now. Brian Poole, of course, only signed a one-year contract last year and entered free agency. So when you first heard the news that the Jets had signed Joyner, you may have thought that he was going to be the slot corner. But, as Rappaport said, he looks like he's going to be the safety, and the opportunity to play safety was part of the reason he signed. Rappaport uh, continued, it's a one-year deal for LaMarcus Joyner, who will, will now play the Jimmy Ward role in Jets coach Robert Sala's defense. And Ward moves around the San Francisco Cisco defense. He plays a lot of different spots, but he's primarily a free safety. Now, it is worth noting that Joyner, in addition to playing slot corner, also does have some free safety experience. And he, he's played pretty well there in the past. Now, again, through most of his career, he's played slot corner, but he has played free safety in the past and been relatively effective, which leads it, leads it to another interesting question. We talked about this with Cole a bit, but there might be more questions than answers about how all of the pieces will fit with the Jets. You know, Will we see some three safety looks this year? Will that be the primary defense? Is it a situation where this is a sign that maybe the Jets aren't as confident in Davis as we might expect? We'll find out as we go forward. You know, could it be a situation you may remember when Davis was drafted that his versatility was touted? Could he see some time working in the slot? You know, he had some experience playing the slot in college. We don't really know right now, but this could end up being a pretty good signing for the Jets. Again, not much money, only one year, four and a half million dollars for a guy who will be shifting roles, but it's a role he's got experience in, and it's a role he's had success in the past with. It could be, you know, it could end up being a pretty decent bargain. Of course, it could end up being a complete failure. We've seen plenty of these one-year deals not work out for the Jets over the last couple of years. But you know, on on paper, a deal that seems pretty sensible. But you also wonder, with this addition to the secondary, who's going to be the outside corners because the, that is the position where the Jets have the biggest need at on the defense at the moment. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it where podcasts are found and leave it a good review. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week to talk more Jets.